AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear, to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open, you be queen, you were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed schoolchildren who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. King told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come, dropping gem, dropping gem. Welcome to the Dropping Gems podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Brown. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back. Welcome for the first time. All of the things. Thank you for joining the show. So on this show, we aim to really explore higher consciousness for real life. What are all the tools? What are all the ways that we can begin to deepen our spiritual journey and our connectedness to ourselves? Today's show is going to dive so deeply into that. Uh, Really, really looking forward to sharing today's guest with you. He is incredible. Uh, But first, you know, I think I have been thinking so much about connection. Um, I think the thoughts of connection in general have always been a theme I've explored in my life. I've shared before, I'm an only child raised by a single parent. I was a latchkey kid for a lot of my childhood. And what that kind of lends itself to (laughs) is one being hyper aware of themselves. Um, I think I naturally, I came by being a deeply processed person, honest, (laughs) being a child that had a lot of 
time to themselves. Add in the fact that I'm a a double Gemini, Leo rising, and um, my innate nature has always been to be curious about myself and about the world, um, which also meant I've always been deeply curious about my discomforts, my shadows, my pain. Um, And I think that especially in this last season of life, getting through 2020 for each of us, our understanding of ourselves, but also our our understanding of what it means to be connected. For many of us, it has really expanded in so many new ways and shown light on so many previous ways of being. And so something I feel really grateful for about the pandemic is I feel that I have become even more connected to myself, um, but specifically a step past being in that hot pursuit of self and I've become more connected with being inside of my body and what it is to really allow my body to teach me my truths, Um, listening to my breath, listening to my cells and noticing all of the little symbols, um, the little sirens, the little nuances of how our bodies speak to ourselves. That's something I've really enjoyed deepening into in that connection with myself in the last year and really just exploring the ways in which I want to continue to connect with people in the world. Something we're starting to think about as the world opens up, a lot of the states and cities are loosening their protocols, they're expanding spaces. I live in Los Angeles um, in Southern California and we are, we're getting ready to get wide open again. I was even exploring how I felt about that, you know, the way that I used to connect with people. How does my heart feel about that in that moment, in this moment currently, you know, this re-entry into society? Are we hugging? <laughs> are we giving each other bows? Um, you know, what is, what is that going to start to feel like as we begin to use these muscles we haven't used in quite a while, you know, and creating space even for some of the anxiety that's going to come up around that or some of the relearning, even our deepest connection, our our deepest connectedness with friends, dynamics have changed. We are new people. We're different people. Pieces of us have died to ourselves as they should, part of life's natural processing on this journey. But with that, what does that look like when we come back together with people who knew us in a very particular or specific kind of way, you know? How do we reintroduce ourselves to ourselves and to the world and to society? So those are just some of the thoughts I've been exploring um, and even just noticing feeling so deeply connected to people I've met in the pandemic and how that depth or that connection looks and feels different. So... I'm starting some of that, some of that questioning. I'm deepening some of the questioning I've already had. And we're going to explore that so much more today, this understanding of connection with others and connection with self as I bring forward just an absolutely incredible human soul. Today's guest is Diego Perez. Diego is a meditator, a writer, and a speaker who is widely known on Instagram and various social media networks through his pen name, Young Pueblo. Online, he has an audience of over a million people that he reaches through his written works that focus on the reality of self-healing, 
the movement from self-love to unconditional love and the wisdom that comes when we truly work on knowing ourselves. His first book, Inward, quickly became a bestseller. His second book, Clarity and Connection, is available for pre-order now, and it hits stores April 27th. And the name Young Pueblo means young people. It serves to remind Diego of his Ecuadorian roots, his experiences in activism, and that the collective of humanity is in the midst of important growth. Diego's practice of Vipassana has given him a deeper understanding of liberation that inspires his writing. Through writing and speaking, he aims to support the healing of the individual, knowing that when people release their personal burdens, it helps humanity build a global peace. Diego, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Debbie. I'm so happy to be here. Always, it's always such a joy interacting with you. It is such a joy interacting with you. I I was able to share with the audience some of your life, some of your beautiful work. Diego and I first had a chance to meet in the midst of the pandemic, which as I was sharing at the top of the show, I feel like I have really come into some beautiful, deep connections that have just really been virtual (laughs) in this last year. And Diego and I had a beautiful (laughs) opportunity to have a conversation through Chopra and we did it Instagram live. And I had already been just um, a really deep appreciative lover of your work. And I've been following you on Instagram and your words always moved me and your language and the lens of perception that you share from it just, it was always so deep, but so relatable, like just this really gorgeous, divine translation. So when we had a chance to talk on that Chopra Instagram live, it, it felt so beautiful. And I was like, well, I gotta have him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. And it was funny, because after we had our conversation, I was like, does Debbie have a podcast? Because I want to talk to her more. And yes. everything, everything <laughs> just aligned so smoothly. So I'm really happy to be here and get to do a part two with you. Oh my gosh, so amazing. Diego, I'd love to start with, you know, we're coming on we're coming on the outskirts, I guess, of this global pandemic. We're beginning to really create and shift into these new normals for ourselves. As we're as we're beginning to reflect on what the last year looked and felt like for each of us. What are some of your takeaways? You know, as someone who already had this really spacious, beautiful practice, someone that had already been so deeply investigating themselves and sharing their work. How does, how does one like you deepen that or take it a step further? Or do you, what does that look mm. like for you in this moment? It's funny. Cause um, in some ways it does feel like we're sort of getting closer to the end of the pandemic, but then in other ways, you know, it's still happening. It's happening. People are still getting sick and it's happening, you know, especially now it's hitting the global South so hard. Um, I've had relatives who've been struggling with the coronavirus in Ecuador and it's just been, it's been incredibly, it's just tested my family so much. Um, So in some ways, like, you know, the part of the storm has passed, but part of the storm is still here. Um, So for me, what it really means is like, I'm, I'm just really, I feel fortunate and grateful not only to be healthy, but to have a practice, to have, you know, mm-hmm. to like be established in a technique that is 
just providing me immediate results to be able to show up for those who need my support, like in my family, and also to not cause myself so much tension because the struggles are going to keep coming. And that's one thing that is important to realize about, you know, when you want to get really serious with your healing or you want to get really serious about building your mental freedom is that you're not going to like remove all the obstacles in your life. But what you can do is change your mindset. You can decrease the intensities of your reactions and you can allow more spaciousness so that you're able to feel everything you're feeling, but at the same time, not Mm -hmm. let it bury you and dominate you and control you so that you can Mm -hmm. just be with what is and still live your life. Mm. That use of the word dominate felt so powerfully descriptive to what that feeling is when you're wrestling with yourself or when you're not at rest. It's like that, that experience of you're constantly being pinned down, dominated Mm. by these shadows or these, you know, pieces that you haven't made peace with yet. I think in this last year, you know, I was really, I was really exploring. I I mean, I changed completely in this last year (laughs) in, in, in the most like perfect ways. Right. Um, But it's interesting because as someone that is always really open to change, (laughs) my natural state is kind of like deeply curious and open to to dying and shedding and changing. Um, But even in the midst of that, having done what I felt like was a substantial amount of self-work and self-investigation, coming into the pandemic, for me, it was still as kind of in some moments as raw as like that first dark night of the soul, Mm, you know, like mm -hmm. those new layers of exploration. And I feel like one of my greatest takeaways in the, in how I treat myself in the pandemic was there was this new surrender, but specifically a surrender to joy Mm. and a surrender to ease. And I think previously when I was in moments of surrender, it was like, I am surrendering to the unknown, or I'm surrendering to my pain. It's too much of a burden. I can't take it. I'm handing it off, you know, to spirit. And now it was like, I am, I'm going to surrender, but I'm going to try to surrender it to joy, to count it all joy. I'm going to surrender it to ease and grace and not even attempt to like fill the space, just be open. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's funny. Cause like um, what you were saying about the layers, like, I've been having this such strong imagery in my mind of how much we're like onions, you know, like we have so many layers and even in the process of like cutting an onion while you're like, you know, literally chopping it up and you start, you know, you feel like you're crying because like all of the, you know, whatever is in the air, but that process of just peeling back all those layers and just, you know, I like the way you're using the word surrender. I often just use the word acceptance. Um, It's just like a profound acceptance of the fact that going inward, allowing myself to feel everything that is happening. It's just difficult. It's, it's not easy. You know, people expect that it's like, Oh, when's it going to get really, really easy. But the reality is that it's, it, you keep going back because it's rewarding because there is a benefit, yeah. right? And that's something that um, it just, it strikes me as like, okay, why, you know, why do I keep going back to these retreats that are so difficult? And why do I keep like, you know, putting myself in this position where it's like, yeah, I want to develop my freedom, but to do so, like I need to go deeper and I need to find out where is the root of this tension coming from and where 
um, being like, how much better can I love myself and how much better can I allow like love and wisdom to just become this one thing um, Mm -hmm. within me so that I can really like allow my inner peace to flourish because it's, I think it's through wisdom that inner peace flourishes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can we sit in that for a second? Like even just right now that, ah, that visualization of love and wisdom kind of hugging themselves Mm -hmm. inside of our bodies, that felt so good. (laughs) How does that, how has your practice supported you in that union, in that integration and merger inside of yourself? I know you practice a very specialized version of meditation. Yeah, yeah. I practice Vipassana, uh, Vipassana in the tradition of S.N. Goenka. He's a, um, a Burmese man of Indian descent, and he's carrying this like really old lineage forward um, that originates from the teachings of the Buddha. Um, so, you know, talking 2,600 years. Um, but it's, it's a funny question because I find that, right, like the practice, what we're doing is just observing the law of nature within the body and you're doing that through the medium of impermanence you're like literally observing and feeling the changes that are happening in the body um but when you're able to really deeply observe you find that the moment that you start really interacting with that wisdom of impermanence because impermanence is like it's a door like you open that door and you're if you're able to really not only understand impermanence intellectually but feel the truth of impermanence that opens the door to so much insight to so much wisdom and you find that that wisdom has a very powerful purifying effect on the mind and it allows this love that is actually already within your mind but it's covered up because it you know you've accumulated so many imprints throughout your life and you've um you know you've almost like you're carrying all these like kind of like impurities that are just burdening and kind of slowing down your innate ability to be creative, to be loving, to to have a full access to your to really your power. Um, and it's it's just so interesting seeing that connection between impermanence. It opens that door to wisdom, and wisdom just opens this door to bountiful love. Mm-hmm. Your first book that you released in 2017, Inward, it explored the beautiful movement from self-love into unconditional love. It really explored letting go and um, the wisdom of knowing oneself inward. How, How would you share with listeners of this show how to really even begin those steps inward? What does that beginning place of the journey look like that's a good question i think for me you know it started even before meditation um uh when i first kind of hit my personal rock bottom and i realized i was like okay whoa i need to do something about all this tension that is just controlling my actions this like constant endless pursuit of pleasure that is leading me nowhere um i developed such bad habits but Mm -hmm. it the moment that I was able to just take that first step inward was when I allowed my courage to just take this deeper step into radical honesty. Um, the mm. moment that I was able to, because I realized I'm like, okay, well, how did I get here? How did I get to this point where I had developed 
such bad habits and had just um, been on this. What did those bad habits look like for you? It was just like um, constant externalizing where like I couldn't be alone, Mm -hmm. um, where I had to be like surrounded by people, friends, or just keeping myself busy on the outside so I wouldn't have to spend time on the inside. And that oftentimes, you know, I would end up just like going to a lot of parties I would be always, you know, spend a lot of time drinking and smoking and and just consuming different drugs so that I, my mind was always filled and my body was always filled with the sensation of pleasure so that I wouldn't have to spend time acknowledging the pain that kept coming up. Um, but it was when I, you know, rec- recognized that, okay, I had spent so much time lying to myself. Like I didn't want to admit that I was sad. I didn't want to admit that I was so riddled with anxiety but the shift came when I like hit that rock bottom and I saw like, how did I get here? It was through lying. How can I get out of here through mm. radical honesty? Mm. Wow. When you began to come back into yourself, when you began that journey home, but you were still with all the people you had known that you had been partying with and pleasuring with um, and experiencing, you know, I think that that piece is what is typically a scary piece for people and what can keep a lot of people from themselves. Mm. Like you just beautifully illustrated that anything can be made into a tool of avoidance. Oh yeah, we can totally. use partying, drugs, pleasure. We can use God as a tool of avoidance. We can use religion as a tool of avoidance. It it's all can be used for. <laughs> in a multitude of ways. Um, but, you know, often I think the piece that keeps people from going even further or gives them this like perceived capper limit is how they're noticing their growth and healing is perhaps maybe triggering or mirroring other people. Mm-hmm. So how did you begin that integration after you went inward and begun that dialogue to still be able to be with the people in your life in whatever capacity you were? Yeah, it's it's funny because um, uh, a lot of those friends that I had back then in like 2011, 2012, 2011 when I hit my rock bottom, like they're still my friends and I love them so much. Um, and, you know, we all, we I mean, we've all gone through like pretty big transformations. Like not all of them are meditators or anything like that, but... Um, but a lot of us had to clean up our act and, you know, and we had to find ways to help ourselves. And, you know, like my thing was meditation. I have a lot of friends that uh, do one-on-one therapy and have had immense, you know, gotten so much benefit from that. Um, but I think for me, it was like being able to stand in my truth and like really allow my courage to just like take on this challenge of like, okay, like I don't want to, you know, I don't want to drink anymore. I'm done with it. And but I'm, you know, I'm still going to go to like the events, you know, friends, birthday parties and all of that stuff. And for a while, I did feel like a little bit of a need to just not do those things as much because I needed time to build strength in myself, to build strength in my new habits. And it was, um, I was supported by the fact that my wife also wanted to take on this same journey. And she also was like, you know what, I'm done with this stuff too. So we were a team, we're together wow. in this. And, um, and then when we, you know, would go to friends' birthday parties or go to, you know, whatever gatherings, it would just, it would be fine. Like literally my, my, my friends all knew and 
I told them like, yeah, I'm pretty serious about this and I, and I feel a lot better. So I don't want to give up feeling better to feel crappy. So I, um, you know, we would all have drinks in our hands, except my drink was like water or Sprite or something like that. <laughs> and, and it was totally fine. It was funny because I, I felt like I actually felt a lot more tension thinking about like, oh, how would they react to me doing this? And in reality, they were like pretty chill about it. Um, yeah. So I, I was fortunate to have such a supportive group of friends. Yeah. And I'm hearing too, you know, for those listening that may not be able to relate to having that kind of strong structure of community, mm -hmm. I'm really just hearing that the, the way is to stand even more deeply inside of yourself. And as long as you're in your truth and in your integrity, um, I do find that the universe will bend to your will, you know, like yeah. when you're coming in, in a space of, really highest vision, highest self, highest timeline, you start to notice that you're not having to have these really challenging conversations about I'm growing and I want to grow. And, you know, it's kind of like the universe is naturally bending and supporting with ease um, and also creating new pathways and avenues to maybe new groups of people. If you're, yeah. if your system is not feeling as nourishing. It's funny because, um, and there's also like just a bunch of little things that you can do, you know, like after a while, I, I recognized that I was tired of having to explain to people that I was like, oh, I don't, I don't drink anymore. So like, but then I have to like tell the story or something. Yeah. But then, you know, it would be common, you'd meet friends of friends. And then, you know, one of the ways that they're trying to show kindness is they're trying to give you a drink. And then, and I, but my quick response was, oh, I'm good right now, you know, and uh -huh. then it's like, I'm not lying. But I also don't need, I don't need to tell you my whole truth in this moment. Right. And like little tricks <laughs> like that became so useful because it was like yeah you know like I'm still out here but I want to be out here in my way and I want to live my values yeah I love that the thing that came to me is like yeah every time I'm out and I'm like well I barely even remember being out but yeah. long, long time ago, <laughs> when I used to be out you know I if I was like oh no I, I don't want to drink then I'd be like oh are you sober oh are you recovery <laughs> And it's like, well, maybe, maybe not. Like, I don't know. It doesn't have to be the super soul Sunday just for me not to have yeah. this tequila yeah. right now. Like, <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny too, because I think that's something that I really try to talk about a little more often is that when you want to go into this like world of healing and personal transformation and you want to take your own journey seriously, like you don't have to be like, it doesn't have to be a rock bottom moment that ignites you into this world. Because like, I, I think I hit, I hit my rock bottom, but my wife totally never, you know, she didn't hit rock bottom. She just, what inspired her to do this work was that she realized she could be a little happier, right? She could be, she could be a little less tense. She could have a little less anxiety. She could like figure out new rhythms to deal with her patterns. And, and I think that is like, can really be for anybody. Cause I feel like healing is for anyone. Like whether you've experienced serious trauma or not, you have yes. definitely felt very strong emotions and those very strong emotions leave imprints on your mind. So any of us, you know, we can recognize parts of ourselves where we could, you know, just improve in these small ways and let go of some old thing that we're carrying so that we can live better lives. Hold that thought, we are coming right back. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. 
We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm so grateful you just shared that. Thank you for that permission. What really struck me was I I had a comment that someone actually sent me on Instagram today that I feel really connects to this. And it was kind of like, well, I'm, I'm struggling with the idea of being on a spiritual journey because that that's such a privilege to be able to be on one is such a privilege. And then they said, you know, um, if I didn't have, you know, a life that was that, challenging and whatever this pain hierarchy I think they had in their minds was, you know, should I be on a spiritual journey? And it's like, well, this is, this is our birthright. Like this, in my mind, this is the entire point of human existence. It is the remembrance of your soul and of yourself and that connection to divine source. And there is no, you know, everybody's 10 is their 10. Yeah. Right? yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah, some trauma 
some trauma is is so significant that it's often even unspeakable right. in so many ways, right. you know, but each of us has whatever our maximum of what we've experienced is. And the pain is the same. The hurt, the lostness, the isolation is the same. What I'm hoping changes over the next few years is the same way that we see the importance of like going out in the streets, protesting, like literally moving together as human beings to create a better world. We need to bring that same type of energy into our like individual and group healing sessions because you have Mm -hmm. to understand that this work, like they're totally mutually supportive. Like if, if, if more of us are able to heal ourselves, then more of us are going to have the courage to go out in the streets and the courage to speak up and be like, okay, like, you know, we need to do something about racism. We need to do something about patriarchy. We need to do something about like global poverty. There, there are ways that we can support humanity in much deeper ways, but the way to be able to get that courage to activate it is by going deeper and doing your own personal work and doing your own healing work. Because where do you think the compassion comes from? The compassion that you're going to have for other people comes from you understanding yourself better. Because then you're going to see the patterns that I'm working with, the the struggle that I'm having in my mind, someone else is having it too. And if you're able to build more self-love in yourself, it's just going to make you so much less likely to harm other people. So the mm-hmm. value of inner work, I think it can definitely be seen from some perspectives as like, oh, you know, you need to have some degree of of life stability to be able to do it but so let's let's heal society so that everyone can have that stability so they can do inner work because we we need it you know yeah yeah and the work is also what informs the stability you know i think at whatever area you're able to begin it's enough and it's perfect for wherever you're at and it's that slow build upon and eventually you find yourself with this really vast foundation that feels so unshakable and so unmovable. And then you build higher from there, but it really starts with the roots. How can we start planting our roots? Can we start stretching them down into that earth's crust, letting the tree, you know, rise in the sky. (sighs) So your, your second book uh, comes out April 27th. It's available for pre-order right now though. So you guys, don't miss the chance to just have it blissfully arrive at your doorstep. Don't think about it. Pre-order it today. Um, clarity and connection. Ah, the new book focuses on having clarity of mind to help us more deeply connect with others, which I think speaks so powerfully to everything that you've just shared. Human connection is now probably more important than ever, understatement. Um, what messages with this book, Diego, what are you hoping to share with the world with these messages of clarity and connection? Yeah, uh, thank you for that, that very clear question. I, um, What I'm hoping to really do with this book is like tie in the fact that once you really get serious about your personal transformation, one of the like immediate benefits of that is that you're going to be able to connect with others deeply. And in particular, like I try to hone in on friendships and like intimate relationships and show how, you know, of course, like you're the two of you are not perfect. And, but there is this possibility for a deeper connection if you both mm-hmm. take your inner work seriously and trying to show that there are just so many different ways that we can have, you know, better communication, that we can develop 
voluntary commitments so that we can support each other and that in all around we can support each other in the ups and downs. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's funny because the, I think the book is set up so that whether you're in a relationship or not, you'll find a lot of value in it. And it's really just, it's for anybody who's going through a personal transformation journey. And through that, you know, you're going to be able to find that your connections will just get so much more profound if you're able to just know yourself and love yourself better. I love that so much. My God, is that true? How, you know, you were, it's really so beautiful when you speak to you and your wife both being on this journey and the fact that you already had this harmony with one another and this deep love with each other. And then you started really a completely different whole new life together. Even now, you know, you shared in your background, you guys are now kind of more in the wilderness. <laughs> in this beautiful, <laughs> you know, you left city life during the pandemic. That's something we, we talked about on our Instagram live. And, you know, you're really connecting with nature right now. What, like, what does that look and feel like? Like that, I, I don't know what that experience is like. Yeah. And I think a lot of us probably don't, you know, but it it's so beautiful to know that that is available to us. I think a lot of people assume that when they choose themselves or when they go on a journey of self, it means they have to leave everyone and everything behind. And for a lot of people, I think, they think it means they may even have to leave their relationship, their romantic relationship. How, what are the changes that you've seen? Like, what are some of the new things you enjoy about your dynamic, both being on this beautiful journey? I think, um, you know, one thing I definitely want to put out there was that my, like my wife and I, we've been together for a long time and we got together when she was 18 and I was 19 um, while we were in college but our relationship was pretty chaotic up until we started meditating. And we started meditating when, like I I did my first course when I was 24 and she did her first course when she was 23. Um, So it was like we were barely hanging in there. Um, But over time, as we kept like digging deeper into the practice, getting established in the practice, bringing the practice home so that we were meditating daily, what we saw was this like renaissance in our relationship, you know, cause the connection wow. was always there. The connection was, was always strong, but were we ready to build? What did we have emotional maturity? No, we, we didn't have any of those things. Um, so once we started meditating and we started even building these like small degrees of self-awareness, it allowed for such a release of tension in our relationship because we weren't always blaming each other anymore. Cause oftentimes we don't realize how quickly You'll, you know, you'll wake up or something will happen at work and then you have this tension and then you want to fuel that tension even more by blaming someone else for something that they had nothing to do with. Um, so it's so easy to just constantly be on this mode of survival and projection where it's like, it's your fault. It's your fault. You, you need to change. You need to change. But it's like, no, I need to change. Like my, like my perception is causing me the most harm, my perception and my reactions. So if I'm able to deal with them, and then you're also simultaneously dealing with yours, then whenever we do have disagreements or any type of conflict, we're going to be able to deal with it in such a calmer way and a much more honest way where it's like, okay, this is what I can do for us. And now what can you do for us? And how can we find a proper middle ground so that we can move forward? But, um, but it took a long time to get to this place where you know, we have a, a harmony that we're both adding to by 
just like continuing building our own individual personal harmonies. Oh, I love that. That's really, 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 really beautiful. There's a quote of yours that I'm going to share right now that I love so much that I think really speaks to this. And it's love will not seek to change you. It will embrace you so unconditionally that you will feel safe enough to heal the old and put effort into the new. <sighs> Can you say that in your voice? <laughs> Do you remember your quote? I know you have so many. I got to say that one more time for everyone. Just where, wherever you are, as long as you're not driving, take a moment. I want you to gently close your eyes and I want you to let these words really wrap themselves around your heart. Love will not seek to change you. It will embrace you so unconditionally that you will feel safe enough to heal the old and put effort into the new. Wow. I'm so, I'm so glad that you connect with that one so much because um, I really like put my foot down on that quote. And um, um, my like editor was thinking about changing that one a little bit. And it was going to turn out a little differently, but I was like, nah, I was like, we got to just, let's just give it to it. Let's just put it out there raw the way it came out. Um, So I'm I'm glad you're connecting with that one. How, and I know this will really fall under acceptance, but I would love any reflections Mm. that you have towards this um, for our listeners. How do you encourage the people that you love to grow without having this strong connection to the ways in which you want them to change. Oh yeah, the strong attachment. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> con- connection feeds, but attachment takes. Um, and that. yeah, and I think um, it's you know you really just have one option. And Lao Tzu pointed this out thousands of years ago. Um, but all you can really do is change yourself and model your behavior, and then mm-hmm. others will hopefully follow suit you know um and I, I found that I think there have been different moments in our relationship um just between my wife and I where you know we both like modeled patience for each other because I like um for example I started meditating two hours a day before she did and she wasn't ready to and I wasn't like oh you have to do this with me nothing like that you know that's something that just comes on your own time but I kept, I kept like, you know, I stuck to what I wanted to do and I, I did it no matter what. And then after like nine months, she was like, oh, like, you know, I want to do this too. Um, I, I see the value in it. And similarly, um, she was done, like she was done smoking um, weed before I was. And I remember I was like, I wanted to give it up, but it was just, I was a little slower. You know, I was, I was a little slower with it. And and um, she was so patient with me. You know, she didn't look down on me. She wasn't judging me. She let me do my thing. And then like a few months passed and I was like, oh, I was like, hey, I have enough mental strength now to just let it go. Cause, and, and it's nothing, you know, people, people do whatever they want. But like for me personally, I felt that it was, it was just weighing me down. It wasn't serving me the way it was serving me before. Um, yeah. But m- being able to like, you know, have that patience for her and then her have that patience for me, it just... It made, up a, it made a world of a difference for the both of us and just like allowed us to have our own space to grow at different speeds because that's one thing that I try to write about in the book too is like recognize that, you, you know, you're not going to grow at the same rate. Like 
especially because even though we may be so close or even with your friends, like you may be such a strong unit, but the conditioning that each of you have is, is incredibly unique. So even the tools that you may use to heal yourselves, they're not necessarily going to be the same because to eat, you know, each person is carrying a very unique emotional history and that emotional history needs very careful tending. Mm. I love the way you just worded that, that history needs very careful tending. I love even, you know, something I try, strive to really encourage a lot is like deepening our emotional language and mm. how just how gorgeous that is for each of us in, in our freedom and our personal liberation and in our ability to extend compassion to others. And so I especially love your usage of tending because I think of my practice for me as me really tending to myself, like really, you know, treating myself with a certain amount. What I hear in that word of tending to, there mm. really is a certain amount of care this certain amount of sacredness and holiness to that, this like softness, but constant, um, not pressure, but this softness yet constant action towards. I love it too, because it's kind of like tending a garden. And that, you know, that was one of the reasons why, like I'm a, such a city boy and um, I grew up in Boston and then I you know, just spent seven years in New York. And um, so from one city to another, but, I, I always in the back of mind, I was like, I, I need to spend some time in nature because I've never done that before. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the big draws was like being able to have a big garden. Um, so I'm super pumped for the summer to just be spending so much time tending the garden inside and out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that my son and I started a, a garden in the pandemic and we just brought in our haul of tomatoes. Nice. And yesterday our strawberries came in. And it felt so rewarding to have like my dirty soil covered yes. hands holding these juicy, juicy strawberries that were like a color of red I'd never seen in a store. And oh. it just, it filled me with joy, just overflowed me with joy. I love it so much too, you know, just going on the topic of gardening. Like I've, I've been thinking so much about slow productivity and like just really bringing that into my work life even though it's so hard and i have to like push back on people um who just like you know they want things to be so quick so fast more 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 now 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 um and i realize like i can't live my life like that you know i actually need to be way more intentional and be really you know choose carefully the projects that i'm going to fully commit to so that i can give them my all and i can you know do my best with them as opposed yeah. to like spreading myself thin and, you know, just following a, a, like a hyper, like capitalistic mode of like, I'm just going to produce as much as possible. And, um, but that slow productivity of like, you know, when you're tending a garden, like you're not, the mm -hmm. seeds take time to bloom. Like it just takes time. And each seed <laughs> requires different types of care. And then the reward is immense. It's beautiful. But I'm trying to bring that same type of like, that slow, intentional, powerful movement into like my personal work. Mm. Mm. I love that. I, I feel like I've been sitting in that, that moment for myself right now too and exploring how to make really the thoughtful, mindful pace that I experience my life with, how to also let my work be led by that pace yeah. and have beautiful, bountiful boundaries that support that. 
<laughs> I think it's real. Have you, I mean, have you recognized how much we, like, in our work, we're almost, we're, like, imitating machines. We're, like, pretending to be machines, and we're not. Like, you know, I can only send so many emails in one day, or I can't, you know, to expect, like, immediate responses from each other. It's, like, wild. Like, people are going through different things. Like, you have no idea what hardships they're going to, and if anything, we should be cutting each other some slack, because, like, Life is hard and life is complicated and it's incredibly complex. So I think just slowing down a little bit is incredibly beneficial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So agree. You know, I wanna I wanna ask you this. Um, and I know that this it's really kind of a loaded question because there's always more to know. There's always more pieces of ourselves to access and and deepen in, but how did you know? that you had arrived at yourself? How did you know that you had come home into yourself? What was that reflection or when did that kind of start to settle in where you could look back and really say, wow, look who I've become or look what I, look at where I softened, look at what I let go mm. of. Um, yeah, it's funny cause I was literally just thinking about that yesterday. <clears throat> cause I, I, when I, when I think of that question to me, it's like, how did I get on the right path, right? Because um, I've been thinking a lot about how like time and motion, like change, is something that just continues just plowing forward. It just moves forward. Um, so oftentimes we get caught up in this idea of healing ourselves and like that we're trying to go back to this original state and go back to like the time before the trauma, before the hurt. But I've been recognizing that at best it's a memory of how we were before. But even when we cleanse ourselves and heal ourselves of all these heavy patterns or, you know, this heavy weight that we've been carrying in our minds, the the person that we become during and after the healing is totally new. It's some so I'm always thinking like, okay, but I feel that newness and I feel that like you know, I'm moving in a better direction and the right direction, but like, when did I get on this path? When did I accept it? When did I feel that feeling of home? And I think it was at some point in like 20, I would say like 2016, um, like four, like four or five years after like the real healing journey began where I kind of settled in and recognized like, hey, like this meditation technique that I've been putting a lot of time into it's giving me massive rewards and I have so much more to learn from it and so much more to gain from just like continuing. And, and it's funny too, cause like more of the people that I met through, um, Vipassana and like, I like, I just found them all so incredibly inspiring. And I was like, I know these people, like they feel like my friends, you know, like, or they could have been like siblings in past lives, or we've been doing this for such a long time. And it felt so special to start, recognizing that like this was for me and this is my path and and it's funny you know like I'm, I'm always um I'm grateful that I have this path but I know there's so many valuable paths out there I and that's one of the wonderful things about Instagram like even you know you don't you and I like you're getting so much value from the ways that you meditate the techniques that you pursue and I love that like brother sisterhood of that where you can heal yourself in a lot of different ways and the healing is real and we should be supportive of that but finding your own home. Um, it's such a special journey, but I think I really found that with, uh, 
Goenka's technique. I think it just it just hit home, and and I gained so much from it that I would be foolish to to stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Once you've tasted it, it's really like, there's just no, anything less is not an option. Yeah. You know, like, um, (laughs) like I was thinking of, I saw this meme on Instagram that was silly, but it it really made me laugh. It was like, I would never allow someone else to treat me regular. I don't even treat myself (laughs) that way. And I was thinking about like the way that I treat myself and I'm like, wow, like I really treat myself well. Like I give myself I treat myself as an offering to God as a, mm. as a temple, you know? Um, but, you know, I think my moment of coming into that, it clicked for me that every moment felt like enough. Mm. I think for me, that was like my big moment where I said, I am home. Not, not to say or infer that there's not more places to go and, and new areas to reach within myself, but I realized that I was fully in purpose, in flow, and home within my own body when everything just felt like enough. There was no longing in any moment for anything other than what was there and available. You know, I, I, I find that so incredibly inspiring because... Uh, one thing that has dawned on me so clearly is like one of the biggest points of tension in the mind is that we're constantly wanting more. So to be able to have the experience of, oh, this is enough, like that's that's not only really beautiful, but like that's that's safety. Like, you know, you're actually like you're you've been able to make your mind into a haven. And that's really important. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Even in the little moments, right? Like I think about things that used to irritate me, like, um, you know, sometimes you're stuck waiting on something. Stuck in line, yeah. and there's nothing to do. And like now I'm like, oh, this is the opportunity to close my eyes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, man, I love what I get excited about. Yeah, I love meditating in line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Like every time I'm like, oh, let me close my eyes or, oh, let me listen for ambient sound. What animals are near me or what, <laughs> what are the, the smaller textures that mm. I can connect to? And yeah. <laughs> and even right now talking to you and sharing that out loud and feeling really delighted by that, like, and being like, that's enough to me, that moment in the line that feels so good. <laughs> and I think it's such a good practice. Cause like, I mean, what, what, what do a lot of, you know, different techniques do? They just bring you back to the present moment. So you're not yeah. just jumping around in the future, you know, like hating and avoiding or feeling tense about the past. And it's just, you know, what are you going to do in either of those? Nothing. You're just, you're just, you know, swimming in narratives in your mind. So come back mm. to the present moment where you can fully live your life. Mm. Received. Your book, Clarity and Connection, it's available everywhere April 27th. It is fully available for pre-order right now in this moment. You can connect with Diego on Instagram, on his wildly popular and just profound Instagram page, Young Pueblo. And, you know, Diego, before we um, get out of the show, I invite every guest to offer some soul work to the audience at the end of the episode. And so that can look like a journal prompt or maybe a reflection to savor throughout the day or any kind of nugget of wisdom of something that has aided you, what would that soul work be from you? One thing that I'm 
trying to often do okay so there's two things one is like how can i more gently move about in life um being able to like move through this medium of gentleness is like my own personal work like that's what i'm here to do is like how how gently can i speak with people treat them you know um, not come in expecting things and and also recognize that even though we're interacting in this moment like how much did you have to go through to be able to arrive at this moment like i'm not totally aware of you know if in the past hour something difficult happened to you so let me just like move through these different situations that i'm a part of really gently um so mm -hmm. i guess that that question is you know how how can i move a little more gently through this world um and the other one is like uh in terms of the people who are closest to us in most close proximity um check with yourself if you're loving them in a way that supports their freedom because it's wow. attachments are so sneaky and sometimes we're we think we know what's best for them but oftentimes it's because you know, we want them to be like us um so it's just really important to check and see you know it's fine if they make different choices from you they're not going to live their lives the way you want them to live them or the way that you have lived yours so check if your love is really you know getting closer to being unconditional because real love supports freedom wow wow that was um mm. <sighs> Yeah, everyone, please breathe into that. Please breathe into that. That was gorgeous. Um, and I hope everyone really spends some time with both of those beautiful thoughts with yourself. And you can rewind this episode to any part that you need. If you need to listen back, grab a notebook, write that down, but spend time with that. That was beautiful. Diego, Young Pueblo, it is always a truly deep honor to speak with you. And I leave feeling full and expanded and grateful. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your words. Thank you for your graciousness. Thank you for your love for yourself. Thank you so much, my friend. This has been such an honor. And I, I, every time that we come together, it's just, it feels like we're making magic. So. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm calling into existence. We are going to be on somebody's stage somewhere when the world <laughs> opens up. <laughs> yeah, when it's nice and safely open. I'm for it. Yeah, for sure. But thank you so much. This has been such a joy. And thank you for bringing such um, newness. Like, I, I always appreciate, you know, doing podcasts, but it's always super nice when it's just like, it just flows into this like intricate, unique beauty of a conversation. Mm. I received that. Thank you. All right, everybody. Wow. Rewind this a couple times. Please send it to a friend. Again, I, I've really been sitting in this, but I mean it with my whole heart. We don't know where other people are on their journey. So don't assume that this episode will not bless someone else that you know in your life. Don't think too much about it. Just pull up the share, send it in a text, no other words needed. And if you have the opportunity, please make sure you're subscribed, rate, write a review. I appreciate all the things. And until next time, I love you guys. Peace. 
Hey, find me on social. Let's connect. At Debbie Brown, that's Twitter and Instagram, or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Tribble and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts